Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we edutain you with weird and wonderful science. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this ignoble edition, I present to you a specially edited version of the 31st First Annual Ignoble Prize Awards from the Annals of Improbable Research, with a theme of engineering. The prizes are awarded for scientific discoveries that first make you laugh and then make you think. Here's your host, Mark Abrams. The biology prize, the winner is from Sweden. The prize is awarded to Suzanne Schutz for analyzing variations in purring, chirping, chattering, trilling, tweedling, murmuring, meowing, moaning, squeaking, hissing, yowling, howling, growling, and other modes of cat-human communication. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Eric Cornell. This gives me a great deal of pleasure to present this prize. Somehow, we all believe that you would win in this cat category. Indeed, the Royal Academy has made a superb choice. Thank you so much. Thank you. What an honor this is. Really, really. Thank you. Suzanne, I wonder if we could impose on you to make as many of those sounds now as you possibly can. Oh, let me have a go. Start with purring. (laughs) Trilling. (laughs) Meowing. Wow. Squeaking. Wee. Moaning, wow. Trill meowing, which is a combination. Brrr, meow. Howling or yowling, wow. Uh, growling, Brrr. hissing, uh, snarling, wow. Chopping, um, and chattering. What about that? Thank you. I'm so honoured to receive this prize. As you may know, domestic cats have a large vocal repertoire and they also vary their voices and their melodic patterns when they communicate using sounds. I became really interested in this variation and I used the methods that I normally use to study human speech sounds, phonetic analysis, to describe the different cat call types and the variation within each type. However, I couldn't have done this without the help of my colleagues in my research project, Joost van der Weyer and Robert Eklund, all the wonderful people working in the Lund University Humanities Lab. And, of course, I could never have done this without the help of these guys. So again... Thank you so much. The Ecology Prize. The winners are from Spain and Iran. The Ecology Prize is awarded to Leila Satari, Alba Guillen, Angela Vidal Verdu, and Manuel Porcar. 
for using genetic analysis to identify the different species of bacteria that reside in wads of discarded chewing gum stuck on pavements in various countries. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Francis Arnold. I, hmm, I want to thank you for this very important contribution to mankind and to our deep knowledge of our built environment. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You publish a scientific paper on this. I hope you will share that with the world. <laughs> yes, we will. Thank you. The team will now present its uh, acceptance speech, which was pre-recorded. All the chewing gum. 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 Gum. Gum is on the street. All bacteria dumb. All bacteria dumb. Some even living gum. Even living gum. And all the chewing gum. Gum. Gum is on the street. Gum is on the street. The chemistry prize. The winners represent these countries, Germany, the UK, New Zealand, Greece, Cyprus, and Austria. The chemistry prize is awarded to Jörg Wicker, Nicholas Krauter, Bettina Derstroff, Christoph Stahner, Efstradius Borzukidis, Achim Etbauer, Jochen Wolf, Thomas Klupfel, Stefan Kramer, and Jonathan Williams for chemically analyzing the air inside movie theaters to test whether the odors produced by an audience reliably indicate the levels of violence, sex, antisocial behavior, drug use, and bad language in the movie the audience is watching. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Barry Sharpless. God in Himmel, das ist fantastisch. Uh, research on smell is undervalued and it's very important. It either makes us dreadfully fearful or disgusted or or happy there's food down the road. And that was true for little guys too, just bacteria. And so I, I, I think the, I really look forward to meeting you. I hope I can get to Germany or you get over here to San Diego. And uh, so I'd love to talk to you about it. Thanks. I'm very happy to be associated with this prize for you guys. I became a chemist because of smell, because I, I memorized 3,000 compounds at least in stock rooms. I just go into stock rooms and spend two hours sniffing everything. And We're I, not allowed I, to do that anymore. Hey, that's a... And once at my college, Dartmouth, I went into the stock room and I smelled a bottle that was in the hood and I, it was ethyl chloroform. I passed, it knocked me out. I didn't smell anything. It hit me on the back, I dropped to the floor and I put the bottle down before I fell. And it was at three in the morning that I was doing this. So I moved faster than anybody because I knew what things were coming out of a reaction. I could smell them. 
and it was like a gift from heaven. But I lost my smell because of this 30 years ago. So I, I paid the price, but I don't regret it at all. And now the winners will present their acceptance speech by pre-recorded video. The instruments that you can see and hear behind me are normally used to investigate the chemistry going on over the Amazon rainforest. But for this project, we took these instruments to a local movie theater. And here in the movie theater, if you measure the air composition continuously, you'll see that some chemicals vary in sync with scenes in the film. And what that means is, is that the audience is broadcasting out chemicals as they respond emotionally to the contents. We developed algorithms that were able to tell which scene the audience was watching and what age classification the movie had, only based on the breath profile in the air in the movie theater. Our algorithms work looking for patterns and profiles that are specific to certain movies, scene types, and film categories. Economics Prize. The winner represents these countries, France, Switzerland, Australia, Austria, the Czech Republic, and the UK. The Economics Prize is awarded to Pavlo Blavatsky for discovering that the obesity of a country's politicians may be a good indicator of that country's corruption. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Rich Roberts. Well, many congratulations. This is really a great honor, as I'm sure you realize. And I'm wondering if this works for politicians in Western countries as well as it does in the post-Soviet countries. So anyway, congratulations. Thank you. Rich, do you have any questions? Well, I, I'm wondering, you know, did you, all of the work that was reported was done on politicians in the post-Soviet countries. Did you look at politicians in other countries? Uh, no. Oh. It's great fun receiving this award. Let me just steal 55 seconds of your attention to tell you what this award is all about. So I downloaded pictures of politicians from internet and I ran them through an artificial neural network. This neural network was trained not only to recognize human faces, but also to estimate body mass index. I found that countries that are perceived as relatively corrupt have relatively high estimated body mass index of a median cabinet minister, whereas countries that are perceived as less corrupt have slimmer politicians. In a follow-up work, I also found that there is intertemporal correlation between obesity of politicians and perceived corruption. So grand political corruption is literally visible from the faces of politicians. The Medicine Prize. Are you done? The Medicine <laughs> Prize is awarded to a team that represents the countries of Germany, Turkey, and the UK. The Medicine Prize is awarded to Jam Bullet, Dare Oladakan, Burkhard Lippert, and Ralph Hohenberger for demonstrating that sexual orgasms can be as effective as decongestant medicines at improving nasal breathing.
The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Robert Lefkowitz. Well, I'd like to offer my heartfelt congratulations to this outstanding team for this uh, groundbreaking piece of work. I know how hard you've all worked on this project, and certainly this award is a fitting climax for all the work that, uh, that you've done. As the famous soliloquy by Hamlet, uh, I would quote those words, a consummation devoutly to be wished. And so, again, my heartiest congratulations as I present this Ig Nobel Prize to your team. On behalf of my entire team, I would like to thank you for this prize. We are very honored. Instead of preparing a long acceptance speech, we actually made a little video to explain our research and findings in a fun way. We hope you enjoy it. This is Sigmund Freud, the founder of psychoanalysis and one of his best buddies, Wilhelm Fries, a German physician. In 1897, they theorized on a connection between the nose and genitals, postulating genital spots located inside the nose. Fleece even performed surgery on Freud to prove this link. In the centuries since, their theory has been all but forgotten. In 2020, these guys, Chem and Ralph, picked up the idea. They found out that sexual intercourse with orgasm can improve nasal breathing to the same degree as decongestive nasal spray. So, if you or your partner suffer from a blocked nose, there might be a natural solution with positive side effects. Give it a try. You're welcome. The Peace Prize. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We're, we're getting the Peace Prize, the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's the I best one of all. Yeah, it's the most <laughs> prestigious the of them all. That's amazing. Oh, I assumed it was going to be in biology or anthropology. I did too. I think. No, no, it no. could be in any of those, but this is perfect for the Peace Prize. Isn't oh, it? okay. Wonderful. <laughs> the winners are from the USA. The Ig Nobel Peace Prize is awarded to Ethan Becerris, Stephen Nailway, and David Carrier for testing the hypothesis that Humans evolved beards to protect themselves from punches to the face. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Eric Maskin. This is it. You richly deserve it. And let me give it to you. Thank you. How in the world did you come to this research topic? So this, actually, this work came out of an argument I had with a colleague a decade or so ago, we were arguing about sperm whales at a meeting in the hall and, and the conversation sort of got out of hand. And at one point he waved his fist in my face and he said, I can hit you with this, but that's not why it evolved. And while <laughs> I was doing that, I was thinking, well, wait, maybe, maybe, maybe there is something to that. I didn't say anything to him because he was so upset, but we looked at, at, the role that this posture may play in, in hand uh, anatomy. Then from there, we went to the face and the face led us to beards. Well, that, that's science for you. <laughs> Have any of you ever received a punch to the face? So I, I've never given a punch to the face, but I, I uh, got one many years ago. Mm. There, there was, there was a, a movement called the United Farm Workers. Uh, and I was helping out with their grape boycotts. I was on the picket line and not, not all the shoppers appreciated uh, the picket line. And one showed his displeasure quite forcefully. 
Do you, do you wish you'd had a beard to cushion the blow in retrospect? We're pleased, we're honored to receive the Ig Nobel Peace Prize. Our question came from the observations that humans are unique among the great apes in having facial hair in males, but not in females, and that male beards cover some parts of the face that are most vulnerable when one is punched. We ultimately decided against testing our hypothesis by punching each other both with and without beards. Instead, we used a sheet fleece model to model the hair and an epoxy composite sheet to model the facial bones. We then used a device that drops a known weight to test the samples and measure the energy required to fracture them both with and without a fleece coating. We found that the total energy absorbed by the samples was 37% greater when the sample was covered with the fleece. This result is consistent with the hypothesis that humans are anatomically specialized for fighting with fists. There is no doubt that humans are the most empathetic and cooperative species on the planet, but given that reducing violence in the future is a goal that we all share, it is important to keep in mind that our anatomy reminds us that in certain circumstances, we can and sometimes do respond with aggression. You can help us keep the Ig Nobel Prizes alive and well for next year. Do that at our website, improbable.com. The Physics Prize. The winners represent these countries, the Netherlands, Italy, Taiwan, and the USA. The Physics Prize is awarded to Alessandro Corbetta, Jasper Mayerson, Chung Min Lee, Roberto Benzi, and Federico Toschi for conducting experiments to learn why pedestrians do not constantly collide with other pedestrians. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Marty Chalfie. It's a real pleasure to present you with this year's Ig Nobel Prize in Physics. Congratulations to all of you. I only have one real question though. Was this study done with or without cell phones? Well, depends. Where's the cell phone? You had the cell phone, but depends. There were people with and without cell phone. We have five millions. So I assume, yeah, many, yeah, most I, of them. I just wondered if the people that were looking at their cell phones collided more with other people. Oh, that's a very good question. I mean, this is something we need to look into, but uh, we don't have resolution to distinguish people with cell phone and without for the moment, at the moment. So this is something we cannot yet do, but uh, yeah, this is a very good point. Winners, now that you're wealthy, do you have any questions that you would like to ask Marty Chalfie? How do we get the Nobel Prize ourselves? <laughs> I think this is a very good start. <laughs> Work on something no one else has ever worked on. Greetings from the Netherlands, from California, and from Italy. First of all, we wish to thank the committee for the award of this Ig Nobel Prize. We are flattered that people laughed and then thought because of our work. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. And now to the matter. Do you still think that physics can only be used to explain how people move? Actually, you can use physics to explain the hydrogen atom. Physics? can even be used to describe gases of interacting molecules which resemble human crowds. In our work, we studied millions of pedestrian trajectories and we have shown that we can explain the dynamics in a robust way, of course, from a statistical point of view. Gas molecules in a crowd can also kiss each other or run. Remember, even if you think you can choose your destination, 
And regardless you're a person in a crowd or a gas molecule. Physics can predict your statistics. The Hello. Kinetics Prize. are from Japan, Switzerland, and Italy. The Kinetics Prize is awarded to Hisashi Murakami, Claudio Feliciano, Yuta Nishiyama, and Katsuhiro Nishinari for conducting experiments to learn why pedestrians do sometimes collide with other pedestrians. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Carl Wyman. And Professor Wyman reminds us that we can all help the environment by recycling old manufactured objects, making those objects into new manufactured objects. Professor Wyman is going to personally recycle one of last year's Ig Nobel Prizes, transforming it during its journey through the internet into a recycled new 2021 Ig Nobel Prize. Here is Professor Wyman making the presentation. It's an honor for me to present this prize for such an important physics discovery. Winners, do you have any questions for Professor Wyman? How do we remove Ig from this prize? <laughs> 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 with a lot of hard work <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> maybe congratulations on your uh, achievement <laughs> we are super happy to accept the nobel prize we discovered mutual anticipation between pedestrians facilitates the ordered flow of movements in human crowds in our experimental bidirectional flow we visually distracted only some of the pedestrians to disturb their anticipatory abilities. Then, we observed the distraction clearly delayed the collective bladder formation. Surprisingly, not only distracted pedestrians but also non-distracted ones had trouble avoiding collision in advance while navigating. So we can see that anticipation is mutual. To distract pedestrians, we got participants to use this. That is, mobile use while walking. However, we hope you are not just distracted by the risk of mobile use, but interested in the remarkable human interaction ability when mobiles are not used. We consider mutual anticipation is important to understand various self-organizing systems. The Entomology Prize. The winners are from the USA. The Entomology Prize is awarded to John Mulrennan Jr., Roger Grathaus, Charles Hammond, and Jay Lambden for their research study, A New Method of Cockroach Control on Submarines. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Francis Arnold. I'm thrilled to be able to award you this prize for your contributions to an age-old battle of man versus cockroach. A battle we have not yet won, but your contributions were important. Thank you. I've been out of the Navy for, I've retired in 1979 from the Navy. So it's been a long time. <laughs> Back in those days, it was a, we were limited on what we could do. The, 
the procedure that had been used for years was to fumigate the submarines with carboxide gas. And carboxide gas is a combination of carbon dioxide and ethylene oxide. And the reason we had to do what we did was because up in, up in uh, New London, we had an incident where a submarine was fumigated with carboxide in the wintertime. And after they uh, aerated the submarine and the crew went back aboard, the ethylene oxide had condensed into a liquid form. And when they heated the, the submarine back up, the ethylene oxide went back into a gaseous state. And we had an incident where one of the crew members was uh, affected by the gas. And that was, uh, that was one of the problems they had. And in, in fact, it was a fatality when one of those incidents is so We had to find some other way to do it that was safer. And, uh, and that's what we did. It was safer, it was more economical, and it was just as effective or more effective than the gas. So it worked out, that was our mission. And I think we accomplished our mission and the Navy was happy at the time. I don't know what they're doing now, to be honest with you. The Transportation Prize. The winners represent these countries, Namibia, South Africa, Tanzania, Brazil, the UK, and the USA. The Transportation Prize is awarded to Robin Radcliffe, Mark Jago, Peter Morkel, Estelle Morkel, Pierre Duprier, Pete Betel, Birgit Cotting, Baker Manuel, John Hendrick Duprer, Michelle Miller, Julia Philippe, Stephen Parry, and Robin Gleed for determining by experiment whether it is safer to transport an airborne rhinoceros upside down. The prize will be presented by Nobel laureate Rich Roberts. I have to say, when I have to be transported to a safer place, I hope not to be doing it upside down, but many congratulations. We've got the original article and we've got the one. Oh, well. very nice. Rich, you've had a, a glimpse at what all of these people did to win their prize. Yeah, I, I felt sorry for the um, rhinoceros, I must say. <laughs> well, should he feel sorry for the rhinoceros? No. They're very, why? Because they're... Uh, they're being moved to a safe area where they're protected. That, that I know. It was just the manner of transportation that I was concerned about. Well, that's why we did our research. <laughs> <laughs> the rhinos in the experiments were only two inches off the ground. Maybe, maybe six inches, Dr. Gleed. Did you run any tests before you had a large rhinoceros using uh, any of yourselves? Actually, we first tested a lot of other animals before we got to the rhino, and of course, including a few human beings. So, yep, we didn't start with rhino, that's for sure. Were I hope they were volunteers. Were any of you test subjects? Yeah. I think I Dr. Morgan was tested. Oh, yeah, no, we've all yeah. been tested. I think we were all tested. We've all been hung at some stage. You know, the, uh, the beauty of it is it's really changed uh, rhino translocation. And, and actually on the back of it, it's even more so elephant translocation. It's become uh, picking these big animals up by their feet, it's accepted. I mean, of course, the next thing we've got to do is do some research on some of the other species like elephant, buffalo, hippo, maybe even giraffe, which have been picked up by their feet. 
but it's totally changed rhino, rhino and elephant translocation. Richard, if now that you have the perspective of a number of years since you won your, your real Nobel Prize, what do you say would, was the most impact from your discovery? Um, well, you know, if you look at the COVID mRNA vaccines, mm -hmm. um, they would not have been possible without my discovery. Oh, very cool. That's very good. But the, the first real clinical application came about three years ago um, when an ex-postdoc of mine, someone who'd been a postdoc with me, found a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Uh, not, not so much a cure as a treatment that would allow kids to develop properly. And that was the very first um, clinical application, just 40 years after we made the discovery. Wow. So, you know, basic research doesn't necessarily give results immediately, right. but over time it gives terrific results. Thank you. And congratulations. Well, Fantastic. Awesome. But, you know, it was luck. Almost, if you ask anybody who was won a Nobel Prize, they'll tell you almost always it was luck because they were working on something. It didn't quite work out the way they had predicted it should. Mm -hmm. And they went the extra step to see why it failed. And they discovered something that no one had been expecting. Sometimes it's a big discovery. Sometimes it's small. And if it's big, then luck will eventually give you the Nobel Prize. Winners will now give their pre-recorded acceptance speech. People are puzzled. Why are we hanging rhinos upside down, Mark and Pete? We were asked, uh, Robin, for conservation purposes to move a significant number of rhino from a core breeding area to other very remote regions. Capture and release was going to be in really difficult places to get to, so we looked at the options and decided that moving the rhino slung under a helicopter would probably be the safest, most effective and animal-friendly way of doing it. Pete? So we came up with a plan of lifting them up by their feet, having them upside down. Uh, we then lifted a rhino with a crane. It managed that okay. And we were good to go, good to lift a rhino with a helicopter. The thing I love about wildlife veterinarians is you guys have to really think on your feet and think outside the box. and. I think hanging rhinos upside down is a good example. You have to be ingenious and creative and sometimes even a little bit crazy to move rhinos this way. If you'd like to help the Ig Nobel Prizes continue for another 31 years or so, please donate a little money. And if you'd like to discover some more things that are just as surprising as the things you discovered here tonight, subscribe to the magazine, The Annals of Improbable Research. You can do both of those things at our website, improbable.com. Now, on behalf of the Harvard Radcliffe Society of Physics Students and the Harvard Radcliffe uh, Science Fiction Association, and especially from all of us at Improbable Research, please remember this final thought. If you didn't win an Ig Nobel Prize this year, and especially if you did, better luck next year. Thank you, Mark Abrams. You can watch the full ceremony at improbable.com, YouTube, and Vimeo. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. 
You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick. Everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography. Collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.